0: Hello there, this is Rialdo from the Tales from Sessions team. The following podcast has been recorded in two parts. The first one, you're going to follow me, a member of EYP Kosovo as well, talking to Joel and the president of the first forum of EYP Kosovo, Noah Lessinger. In the second part, you're going to listen to Joel and Nathan converse with the head organizers of the session, at the same time, members of the board of EYP Kosovo, Aurangashi and Elona Berisha. Have fun. Kosovo, we're trying to um, now not enforce, but apply as, as many of the good things from the EYP network as like in, into the young society that we are like, uh, Noel saw it for himself. The people are very young, the delegates are very promising. So even though, you know, EYP seem, seemed a bit alien to them in the beginning, just like it did with us, but mm-hmm. like, at least for me, I mean, in it opinia, is. Yeah, but back when I was in Albania and I was introduced to UIP, I, I was part of one or two similar things. But then, like, in Kosovo, the culture is mostly debate clubs. So when UIP was introduced, people saw it as a, an actual competition of schools going there to debate about stuff, but not, you know, MUN style or Mood Court style or I don't know, but, you know, european union style whatever that is but yeah
1: yeah i guess there still are i'm kind of talking out of my ass here because i've never been to an eyp germany event disclaimer disclaimer but like, you hear it from these sessions that they have like super competitive atmosphere where schools send their best so that they can be sent to the is and i don't know it doesn't sound like my eyp i
2: just made this experience in Portugal and in the UK, where delegates are super competitive, I like and even what is it Euro Village is like super com- competitive, and everyone brings the best food and so much, so that for the rest of the session you have enough to co- to cover all the coffee breaks. But it's amazing because the food is delicious. But, <laughs> yeah, those are the uh, most th- competitive th- delegates.
1: Th- those are like the two. There's two things in the EYP where I think you should be competitive: Euro Village and Euroconcert. Like
2: <laughs> exactly. <it's a> bit- <laughs> Take
1: me take take this organization away from the fucking Barbie girl euro concerts and like bring like actually skilled people, I'll be very happy. I, I I think I've been part of maybe two Euro concerts that
0: have been actual concerts. You know, with talented people and the actual
1: performances
0: that were rehearsed, prepared, versed, and everything, and the rest were,
1: you know, like I even like take back a part of what I said there. People don't need to be talented; that's not what it's about. This is like it needs to be culture on some level, <laughs> <laughs> not just like a bunch of people going to jump around on a stage for no fucking reason other than yeah, their yeah, own yeah. Fun that's,
0: that's what I meant, but but I don't think you know talent should be something because you can go upstage and sing aqua mention an aqua song or like uh i don't know but besides barbie girl uh or another <laughs> other song. aqua songs <laughs> yeah there are a couple i i was brought up listening to that you know, a pop a <laughs> dance craze, oh my god like right you right now you're like the lyrics of roses are red violets are blue and are in my head it's a song by aqua So I'll have to listen my
1: thoughts.
0: Um, Yeah. What was I saying? Yeah. So, you know, jump on the stage, sing to that, but at least do it good. Because when, you know, people go there and they sing, what's that other song they sing a lot? But by Vance Joy, Riptide, everyone loves to sing Riptide in EYP Euro concerts. No one knows how to sing it. (laughs) So uh, nothing against the song, I have nothing against untalented people, but there's talent and there's not talent.
2: (laughs) I've never been part of a Euroconcert, but I've moderated a Euroconcert. I actually had the last IF in Spain and Galicia, we did like not euroconcert, but like Eurovision. I then tried that committees submit their 12 points to this delegation and stuff like that. And it was just me entering on Rafa Yani's shoulders. <laughs> oh yeah, It didn't turn out as we wanted, but it was still great fun. Especially the Irish delegation. We actually saw sang like an Irish song. That's pretty cool.
1: Damn. Uh, the Irish and their songs. Uh, that is like the one nationality in Europe that <laughs> actually has a good time with them. But no, there, there's
0: also another way, you know, to do Euro concert. Hiring something, or like hiring Uh, something. (laughs) You know, I... Okay, so a week ago, we did not have a plan for EuroCoservo and whatnot, like in the nationals in Kosovo. But what happened is that one of the organizers, local, she's a very talented singer and she has a band. So he, so she just invited the band and the lads absolutely killed it. Uh, and everyone had fun and then everyone joined them in the stage and started singing, you know, everyone. It wasn't a concert. It wasn't uh, something, you know, made to uh, entertain the cultured crowd. It was, OK, there's live music here. Let's have fun. This is EYP. We're young. And sometimes I think this comes from someone who's hosted uh, an IES Euro concert. You know, it we take away in EYP at least the youth part, I think, of the Euro concert or a concert. Because things get very serious
1: and everyone should be in suits and it's very formal. I haven't worn a suit to a Euro concert like more than like maybe once i like it's i i don't think that's that's the vibe that we usually go for oh i, I read euro concerts lately i've been really enjoying this this like weird shit like I, I, then again i've been always the person to bring the weird shit to the euro concert i think the, one of the first times i performed a euro concert, i was reading uh from the kind of finnish national epic um <laughs> people came back came to me after that, is telling me that it sounded like I was summoning demons, which is exactly the vibe that I was <laughs> going for. Just kind of, just like share your personal culture. You don't need to be skilled at it. Like I didn't read it the way it's supposed to be read, but it's still something that I wanted to share. And the last last uh, session that I did in the Euro concert, the organizers came to me, is like, "Oh, we don't have enough things. Please uh, perform something." I was like, "Sure," but I'm not gonna tell you what I'm gonna do. They're like, "Uh, this is not going to go well. And I go on stage and I lead a session white om chanting meditation, which was actually super nice. But you have like a whole like whole gym hall of people doing it at the same time, like the vibrations in people's bodies and the air was just like super nice. I I enjoyed the shit out of that. But it's, it's not talented. It's not talent. It's not skill. It's Like something out of my personal culture that I like to do,
2: yeah. But it's cultural, like what it's supposed to be, yeah. Do
1: weird shit in your concerts, do it. I encourage you. Tales from Sessions, seal of approval. How, how's the um, your concert at the Kosovo Forum? Did you do one?
2: Um, no, we didn't. We had on a like kind of let's say more important because instead with its EYP workshops, we had like eight different workshops and talking about different stuff to bring URP closer to the people so that they know what's going on or that they can have a better image of UOP. So I did one on application writing. VP led one on chairing, editorial team, one on media team, organizing team, one on organizing. Uh, Rialdo, you did one on NCs, international governance. Uh, what else did we had? We had also one on like uh, the purpose of URP, also led by one of the VPs. Well, at the end, it got kind of tiring, but we thought that this might be a bit more useful than your concert. But we recovered with
0: uh impromptu concert from those lads, you know, from the organizers band. You, I mean you we were with typing. <laughs> 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 it was it was it was a bit sad because, you know, delegates were having so much fun and I wanted to be funny and just send a picture to all the chairs. Or like a video, like oh look what's happening. But I was like, oh no no, I'll 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 be in the same position in a week, so I don't want to <laughs> <really> jinx it. <laughs> uh, but no, the event, you know, the, when when UIP Kosovo was rebranded, let's say, and restarted. The last year, it was mostly thought of it being a local youth actor, a part of the civil society of Kosovo, and the headquarters now are in Prizren, not in the capital in Pristina, alongside being an actual EYP committee. So that, that was the goal. So let's integrate also with the local community that let's be part of this active young people in, in the city and in the country. Um, and to be honest, in the Western Balkans, that's a bit utilitarian to do or like you need to do it saying that if you are not very much active in the, in the local community of civil society you don't get recognized a lot for grants and funding and partnerships and whatnot you know you have to do it for that but on the other hand it's way better than just being a functioning UAP committee, which does only UAP sessions for the sake of doing UAP sessions, which in, in itself, I'm not saying they're bad, but they are a bit limited if you have a full legal entity who's run by the youth for the youth, just doing sessions once or twice a year, you know, costly small, like doesn't make sense to do a lot of sessions throughout the year. So, yeah, why, why, why limit at just the scope of the UAP framework with its conferences and outreach weekends, when you can actually do something beyond that, and the new board of UAP Kosovo. Uh, and myself, we talked about this, and then we decided, okay, when you know, when we do the session, we will have to do something, you know, as a fair or as an explanation why we're doing this, how to join us, and this happened also four years ago because four years ago there was another UAP Kosovo session that from the old organization some new people came in uh, they wanted to organize a session they did but unfortunately the board that was present then was not the most competent or interested so you know it faded out a bit and actually Iway Picoso was I think it's the one of the few or even the only uh, MC to be derecognized recognized from the BNC I think because there was a proposal made to derecognize recognize Iway and then it was voted down. You know, I was trying very much to, uh, you know, because for me, it's a bit weird having presided EYP Albania and then I went to EYP Kosovo. Uh, I was trying to think about, okay, how do we do this? You know, how do we take the values that we have as an EYP organization and also expand them beyond, you know, alongside our our scope as an EYP committee. Uh, We do this thing in the local community. How can we better integrated. And I was failing to find things from my experience in EYP Albania because we weren't doing that much of a thing. So I don't know how is it like in, in the network right now? Maybe maybe you two know a bit more about this. It would definitely serve to any listeners or especially listeners for me YP Kosovo, Bulgaria, Hungary, Malta,
2: and Moldova. Can you go back to your question? I'm not sure if I understood it.
0: <laughs> no no is there any um, you know, any way that NCs right now in the network do active citizenship beyond the sessions?
1: I think you should talk to UIP friends about that. I mean, I'm not sure if their engagement in that is fully around outreach, but they have a lot of things going on that are not just sessions. Of course, there's a big part of there is the fact that the population in France doesn't speak a lot of English and through that, it's... Can be sometimes in difficult to integrate them to the EYP sphere, but the organization that EYP France is is so big that I'd be very surprised if they didn't have a very interesting portfolio of things that they do. But I'm not an NC person. I'm not very familiar with these things.
2: I say from by NC that, and at least I'm not aware of any. Like we have like an MEP that does like a town hall meeting or something. We share that information. Like not that we ourselves organize something, um, but I think it also is due to the fact that we're also small and sea, We're also struggling to get people. Uh, like after one or two NSCs C. you've almost reached the whole country. <laughs> At least the span between like sixteen and eighteen year olds. So it's also quite difficult. Oh, no, but
0: it, you know, it must have been especially interesting for you uh, returning as a as a president for the nationals of Kosovo. You know, following a bit. Uh, from the history of EYP Luxembourg, I think you were, uh, were you in the first ever session of EYP Luxembourg? Uh,
2: no, at the second one, but not at the first one.
0: Okay, yeah, but yeah, how, how hmm, you've seen EYP Luxembourg change, how would you see, you know, now that you've seen EYP Kosovo, not just seen, but actually been an active part of it, establishing itself, how do you see this small NC reaching out to more people the country via the uip framework
2: um, i mean that we had a lot of international delegates as well to like fill all the spots and i think what you Kosovo because did in different is that we only focused on like Kosovo because like in this case it made sense that we only tried to get Kosovo delegates because well we wanted to establish tnc in kosovo and find people who can like continue there and see who will be future board members, future officials at other session. But I think that now we have like a very solid basis and what I think makes it for EOP Luxembourg in comparison a bit more easy is that it's more accessible like to get there, but also for us to go abroad. And I think that's the biggest challenge for EOP Kosovo that. Yeah, your members are basically not allowed. To go abroad, like not from Lindsay, but like you know, from the country. So, no. so it's also difficult, to, like spread the word about UAP Kosovo nationally, but also internationally.
0: I mean, Dua Lipa shouted in her concert <laughs> recently, "Yeah, <laughs> let us free." So, uh, so yeah, you were there. Oh, but no, you were with us the night. I missed so, Dua. Yeah. No, no, it's actually, it's 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 very it's very true. So far, I've maybe heard once or twice this accessibility to UAP in terms of travels. From Georgia, Azerbaijan, Armenia, that are pretty far, but those guys mostly, those people mostly don't have the funds to go travel, you know, in Europe, or you know, takes too long to come, like flights, eighteen hours, and and such and such. But with Kosovo, it's it's something different. It's like they, <laughs> we don't have visa liberalization with the Europe, with Schengen area, so um, you know. Flights to Pristina, the direct ones at least, are not ex- that expensive, and you can go to you know half of European Union with cheap tickets. But what's expensive is the visa. So so yeah, may- maybe it's a head scratcher for any GB members or the IO on when we talk about inclusivity, accessibility to EYP and everything, especially. Tra- travel reimbursements travel grants yeah travel grants especially in terms of travel grants maybe not just for kosovo which is you know politically isolate but also for faraway countries to have you know some more 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 support and i mean
1: uh, i'm sure they already have like extensive frameworks that they have tried out on those kinds of ideas but kosovo is so new that it's not really familiar with that a lot of the places that traditionally from what i've heard from the network that have visa problems are places like belarus and ukraine that have very decent connections to europe in in other ways i think when it comes to this kind of what what we try to attract as future members there's also the interesting case of eyp denmark because i i was a chairperson in the first session that the uip denmark did and my committee had zero danish delegates which is a fun co- correlation well not necessarily a correlation but a fun fact combined with the thing which happened later is that or even happened at that time is that the board members of uip denmark were not danish either There were uipers that moved in from abroad and were living in denmark or weren't even living in denmark necessarily but that's also something that's a bit hazardous to try and keep up from at least from what I hear and how they're doing this day.
2: Yeah, but it's fun that now, when I traveled home with Annelies, she was the head of jury, and, like throughout the session, we were talking about the vote of like, are we going to continue EWP Estonia? And then when we had our label, we talk about like, how also the entire Baltics are like, not, not doing well, the three NCs. So yeah, it's a bit... Sad to see like so many and see struggling,
1: yeah, but I think like sure, we have the whole h r crisis right now going, and it's it is a serious situation in a way, but from perspective of me, who i've a person who's talked a lot to people in the before from the before times and also been <laughs> actively part of the before times, the whole Oh, we can't find enough board members. Oh, we can't find enough delegates. That's always been a thing for so many places. And it's not something that was brought by Corona. Sure, it might have gotten a bit better in recent years, and in contrast to that, it looks more grim. But the struggle of trying to find people to yeah, who are willing to do unpaid work and crazy amounts of it for for board work, especially, it's uh, it's a struggle that's been there for decades with the EYP and it's not something that's gonna suddenly crash the organization now
0: no definitely
1: yeah I, I kept
0: I kept thinking about the fact you know uh, because Annelies did mention this at, at the session about you know this vote to continue EYP Estonia or something I don't know the details but she said that we might not exist if very soon, and I kept thinking back to the fact of, for example, EYP Latvia that just did an IS. Every person I've ever met in EYP, I haven't met everyone from EYP Latvia, but I've met most of them. I feel in EYP sessions that I met from Latvia were there, and I kept thinking to myself, okay, what you know, what if I did this in Albania? when you know i was there in in the nc it would take all of our members to do an is you know back then and then i kept spiraling like okay but what will happen now after an is after they've exacerbated all of this money with an is and all of this effort will this be like a crowning achievement and then we like do we actually get you know more hype around this more support from the local and you know regional funds and whatever uh local media representation, spread the road and whatnot. But yeah, it, it, you know, kept wondering, is it worth it <laughs> to make these huge UIP events just because? Or or you know, is it is it worth taking the risk or is it better to do small and small sessions spread, you know, throughout time?
1: And you have enough delegates and
0: officials for that.
1: That's definitely not a clear cut question.
3: Did you guys, like, know each other before, like, the discussion about this session, or is it the first time that you guys have all met as well?
4: Like, we met each other in a new IP setting, but uh, the story of ha- how we actually met each other is a very <laughs> long and
3: <laughs> tricky story. Go for it, man. <laughs> uh, okay, there's drama involved. I've got my tea ready. Let's do okay, this. <laughs>
4: yeah by uh, elona i think started getting involved more in uip and she wanted to do a digital uip session in kosovo and she had reached to the border to the old board of this organization a couple of times but she had gotten no response and then she goes straight to the io and the io reaches out to the board and i get even though i was not part of the board i get a message from the president of the board and she says can you go and meet elona and I'm like, yeah, I guess I can do that, <laughs> and I go and meet Ilona. But actually, I was supposed to discur- discourage Ilona from organizing a digital session. <laughs> but I ended, I ended liking the idea so much, so I couldn't do that, and then that kind of started the whole
5: also but she's gonna
4: say something else
5: <laughs> I remember very well that before meeting Auron, like the day before I prepared everything like the logos the vision the questions for the applications and everything everything it was ready it was in a file and when I met him I like I went there to the meeting with a file very looking very important and I opened the file and told him okay this is the logo this is the vision please read it blah 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 and he was like yeah you know it's good but why don't we do a physical session before in the middle of the pandemic because he didn't know how to disencourage encourage me and I was like but bro like are you mental <laughs> like what do you like how do you think that you can do a physical session during this time of the year but then like I don't know we saw that we were on the same side kind of and we both wanted to reactivate EYP Kosovo and uh, yeah i mean we had a couple of ups and downs let's say but in the end we managed to like restart it even in kosovo here as an organization which was at the beginning the most problematic thing and then with the network and also with the governing body we like reactivated in the whole network as well so yeah
3: <laughs> that's cool That's so funny. Like when I I heard the beginning of that story, what it it kind of reminded me of is those classic uh, American like Hitman films, where there's this assassin that is given the picture of someone they have to take out and they start stalking them. But then they get to know them. They're like, no, I can't do this. I can't fulfill my task. And they end up like working with them to take down their bosses and all of this kind of stuff it feels like (laughs) a slightly less dramatic version of that
4: because i saw the project i saw expand your universe and i kind of really enjoyed the concept of a digital session so then we started working together instead of discouraging each other so now it led up to a physical session see we did
3: that too so you so you did a a digital one and then off the back of that you then decided you know what we should actually also organize a physical one now that we've learned stuff from here
5: basically the main idea was that let's organize a digital session since they're very in right now and somehow let's see how it functions with EYP Kosovo and how many people are interested and in the meantime let's form the new board and with the new board we can plan to have a physical session probably can be like a national one and that's how it got there so basically we created the board and we saw that who wants to head organize and who just wants to help or just be an organizer and yeah here we are like we basically started working for the session since last year's december uh, with the idea and everything the initial plan was to hold the session in april but that was kind of impossible so then we had to change the dates to august but i think it had its good sides but also a bit of its bad sides but I do think that we did a pretty decent job.
1: Nice. This sounds like this is a bunch of juicy, NC drama on the background of, the, of this session. This, uh, I don't
5: know. I mean, yeah, I guess.
4: I mean, in fact, we had, we organized two digital sessions before we decided to move on with the physical session. Like the big plan of UIP Kosovo has always been to have a physical session in Kosovo, in Presren or somewhere. But, For the time being, we could only organize digital sessions, but in a way that helped us to find new people that wanted to be part of the organization, create new members, have new people join. And then we kind of created a working group that made it possible for us to have a physical session. It took a long time and a lot of effort, but it finally happened and it all came together. And now it's been a month and a day later, and I still can't believe sometimes that we actually did
3: and I, I, I kind of wonder, I, I wonder how you managed to like react, reactivate in that way. Because when, when I think back to, okay, there was only one and only time I hate showed, and that was in twenty twelve. Yeah, okay, is it is a, a decade ago? It's a while ago. I uh, hate showed like French nationals, and and I remember, like for us, for example, to get participants was quite easy because. We put out the call, and then there are, I don't know, 30, 40, maybe 50 different schools over France who regularly do EYP, and then a whole bunch of other schools who then become interested, and... All we need to do is just send messages to those teachers or those schools to let them know, oh, there's this one going on. And then they're going to say they're going to round up their students and then try to send them to us and then apply for the session and to do these different things. And it's more us selecting which delegates we want as opposed to it being, oh, how on earth do we manage to like fill this session? And so I've always been working in the space where we have a ton of people who already know what EYP is. The teachers are heavily involved, making sure everything's working, functioning properly. We already have different sponsor, different levels of sponsorship and we already have different partnerships with different people and different ways to get money. Like we, we, we easily raised like 25,000 euros for our nationals. You know, it, it was quite easy for us to be able to do all this stuff. Uh, but that's because we already had everything that had been running smoothly for a while. But for you guys kind of having to basically start again from scratch, like how did what what were some like hurdles that that you guys faced that maybe people like myself who were working where it was already very much established would never kind of realize.
5: Well, I think when it comes to explaining UIP to non UIPers, it's a bit hard because it's a Sorry to interrupt
4: you. Especially in Kosovo.
5: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like because there, I don't think that there's like any type of organization similar to EYP which somehow uh, treats the subject or like the topics just the way that we do. You know, like team building and with committee work and all that. So for us to explain the Kosovo donor donors that you know like we want to do this because the main idea is this, this, this. We had to somehow structure the words very in a very easy way so that they can understand it. But for example, I remember in a couple of meetings with the people that we met, some of them also studied international relations. So like they kind of got the idea much easier, which made our job easier as well. But um, example with uh, the regional anti-corruption initiative, they already had worked with other NCs, especially the uh, the Western Balkan ones. So they knew what was going to happen, and it was easier for us to explain to them like our vision and what we want to do, and how do we want to do it, and the venue and everything. So.
4: But when it comes to like, our uh, also make a big problem for us that we had no partnerships established because this is a new NC that got recently created. I mean, we are still only an initiative. So we had to work on creating new partnerships with other NGOs and other organizations that in a way that they send us their members. And then we also had some partnership with the school where we did the session. This is a German private school, the Association Loyola Gymnasium. And they were very helpful, like not only with the, giving us the accommodation place and all that, but also encouraging their students to join the session. So then we also work with a couple of other, other NGOs that help us uh, find new delegates in a way or participants for the session. So in a way, we are starting to create that concept that we have uh, established already, partnerships. But in the beginning, it was very hard to go through all that. It, those were like the major hurdles we had to go through in order to do the session.
5: And also, uh, what we tried as well is that to, uh, when it came to to opening the calls for delegates in social media, we created this post on what does being a delegate mean? And so we kind of advertised that. And I think we got a couple of responses or at least people, like in Instagram, you can see how many DMs there are and like how many people saved it. So I think the number was pretty good. And I think we got some people from there as well, because when it comes to delegates, they don't know the whole structure of EYP. It's not very known. And for someone to come to, like, let's say, in Prizren and spend four to five days here with people that they don't know, with the topics that maybe they were just familiar with and the a known structure of EYP, at least to them, was a bit, like, uncertain, and they didn't know what to expect, and if it's going to be good or not, so. And apart from that, then, like, as soon as the session ended, there was this uh, festival where, like, I got to meet a lot of, let's say, the same people, the same age as me, that were that they wanted to participate but they couldn't but they heard it from their friends that it was actually a very good session and they were asking me like are you gonna do this again like when are you gonna do this and all that. and I was like please you know let me rest for like a couple of weeks and we can talk about that <laughs> later
3: <laughs> nice that's really cool when like word of mouth starts to spread yeah 'Cause you're right, try trying like reach out to different audiences can be really difficult. I mean, like even Joel and myself started to realize that even with this podcast, because back in the day when Joel had the idea about the podcast, we're like, okay, let's do this. We started recording some stuff, then we're like, okay, how 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 do we let people know that this is a thing that, that we're doing this stuff? I remember back in back in my like more early UIP days, everything was Facebook. Like anything UIP related. Would be facebook every single eyp session would have a facebook page and then the facebook group the page for externals the group for internals and that would be the way of running everything every single session would always be pasted in posted in the sessions page in facebook uh you'd always use the couch surfing group for when you're traveling and like the whole ecosystem was in facebook and now, I then, um, uh, when we started this, I said to Joe, okay, I'm gonna create a Facebook page and I'm gonna do this. And he just looked at me, he was like, mate, <laughs> you need to get with the times, like, reaching out to people doesn't work like that anymore. And I was like, what?
1: I, I think we have a, like a total of we did actually, some, some for some reason, end up creating a Facebook page. I think we have like 18 <laughs> people that liked it. Yeah, we, I don't think we posted anything on it. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> yeah, but it's a, it's something you don't really end up thinking about that much when you're just doing and doing UIP. But it's like if another organization approaches you, being like, "You don't know anything about what we do. but want to spend five days with us?" Is it, uh, I'm not gonna go there.
5: <laughs> it's yeah. gonna take
1: some convincing.
5: And especially since it was like our first session after like two years or three years, if I'm not mistaken. You mean Correctly physical? Yeah, yeah.
4: Physical session, last one was in 2018 in uh, Prizren as well, in November
5: 2018. Yeah, so like there was a huge time gap during those two sessions. So people, even if they participated in the prison, uh, 2018, still like there was a big time that EYP was seen and all that. So, you know, to gain the, their trust was a bit like of a more of a challenge and especially to the parents because we had like most of our delegates were underage so we sometimes had to even contact their parents to be like we're safe you know like our intentions are good and all we want to do is you know create networking and have fun and try to learn something new and all that so (laughs)
4: plus something that is always funny to me is when you see the reaction of the first-time delegates especially people that are from Kosovo because they are slightly more how can I say this more conservative I'd say and when they are first is like see the games that we play in UIP and they're like and I had people first day of the session like, do you guys do this constantly because this is a bit weird and I'm like "No, no, this is just the beginning <laughs> give it some time and you're gonna enjoy it <laughs> but in the beginning they were like this What's that game that feels so weird? I had like, delegates come up to me and I was like, just give it some time. I felt the same thing when I first, was in my first session. Just give it a little bit more time and you're going to enjoy it and you're going to love it. And, but th- that's the first reaction. Like, It's a bit weird to outsiders. Like, they don't understand the concept of games and uh, all that that we do. So to, to see all of them like, kind of get more involved in the spirit, that was something that for me is like, the best uh, best feedback you can get. To have someone that comes to you and complains about a particular thing, and then later on you see them doing getting themselves involved in those games, I think that's the best feedback you can get
3: yeah cause it, it it does seem it does seem very cultish. I mean, from the outside, you look at these people, you're like, okay, do I need to be worried? Do I need to call some kind of authorities? What's going yeah, on yeah.
1: here? It's <laughs> cultish from the inside as well. True.
3: Okay, okay. It's it's just very cultish.
5: What I tried to do is that I wanted to be the most weird version of myself so that they will know that, you know, UIP is like that and you just have to be comfortable with yourself and the way that you react to things or like whatever you wear and stuff so I remember um I had the cosover flag with me like during the most of the session and then we had the pliss, which is like our traditional hat and I would just run around with that you know like I would go to the classrooms give them uh, the materials or ask them if they need anything like that and the delegates would just look at me weirdly <laughs> or like I would just go to the cafeteria to eat with the flag and you know the flag would go uh, in the back in a wavy position <laughs> and so they would just look at me while eating and they were like what the hell
3: <laughs> not all heroes wear capes but this one does yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah I just kinda let your freak flag fly, or just other flags in this game <laughs> <laughs> and,
3: and so speaking of that random I was um so yeah yesterday i was in I was in south of France, and i I was walking down down by the shore, and I am gonna show you something on the screen, of course, people listening can't see it, so I'm gonna describe what it is. there was this let's see we're, we're right down by the sea in Marseille, and there was this like big. Uh, what do you call them? Those lights that shine into the sky that you can kind of see from miles away. Those like really powerful spotlights. There was like a, a spotlight sh- that would like shine up into the sky, um, and so somebody painted on the Batman sign onto the spotlight, and I was just like, "This is this is perfect. This is just absolutely incredible." So every time that that spotlight shines on that night, Marseille has the Batman signal. <laughs> <laughs> in the sky and i kind of thought you know th- 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 these are like really cool signals to have and maybe that's something we should bring into e y b sessions where you know when, when you uh in the evening or something if you need to call an auger or if you're done with something or, or whatever kind of communication you need to pass across we could have different versions of the batman signs with spotlights that just shine up into the air
5: i mean good idea but like for us, if we do it in a Kosovo session, it, like you need to remind the delegates like ten times that you know be careful of the spotlight because there's like important announcements there. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Plus, energy we might have energy. no energy on, so that's tricky. So
5: yeah, as well. <laughs> <What's> that
4: well. What's <laughs> up? We are gonna go, kind of going through an electricity crisis, so we are constantly having our energy ah. turned off. So <laughs> it <laughs> it can be tricky, in <laughs> Kosovo. <laughs> yeah.
1: 2022 this is the timeline that we live in.
4: so in case both of us like uh, go out at the same time now you know why <laughs> <laughs> just
1: suddenly
3: yeah so it, is it is, is at the moment something that's like scheduled or is it something that just randomly everyone's power switches off or what is it at the moment it
4: was I think scheduled, it's scheduled but yeah. um, first they like, gave us a notification like it's going to be two hours a day and then Sometimes you don't get for four hours, five hours. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> Welcome to the be surprised and find out.
3: <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, I, I I spent some time in in Lebanon um, during a period of time where they were also going through the same thing. And for the first couple of days, I just didn't understand. Like for like the Airbnb, I was in for like three, four hours in a day for very specific hours each day. There just never be any power, and I'm like, okay. And then later on, suddenly power would come back on, and I had no idea. But then you could actually, um, in the evening, you could actually start to see it in the city, in the streets. You're like, oh yeah, they now don't have power. They do have power, and I was like, okay, yeah, this is this is a bigger thing going on. And uh, yeah, I think we we may be doing something similar later on this year in the UK, and I think different parts of Europe as well.
1: (laughs) Yep, we're not looking forward to that up here in the very north.
3: Well, if that happens to you, Joel, you can just go go to the island and live off-grid over there for. Is that is that off-grid or is that on-grid?
1: No, that's on-grid.
3: Ah, I thought you guys had, like, a generator or solar panels, or... I guess solar panels in Finland isn't the most efficient way to get power, I guess.
1: Yeah, just install your own little water <laughs> electricity generator. Yeah, that's on... Make your own dam. Just see... Uh, <laughs> I don't
3: know. Damn, Superbowl that would be something. difficult.
1: <laughs> yeah, but oh uh, well. Hope, hope. Let's uh keep our fingers crossed. It's gonna be a warm winter.
3: Yep, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, so um I, I remember especially last year, me and Joe were having lots of conversations about how how people were used to organizing in-person sessions all the time and then suddenly they had to adapt to the online stuff. And we may have shat a lot on a lot of stuff that was going on but yeah we were talking about that adaptation from we doing in-person things and now we need to rethink things a new way for the virtual world and trying to get used to that but I guess for you two it was kind of like the opposite it was that you did two virtual sessions and then you had to shift gears to get yourself back into the in-person it's like how was that like (laughs) shifting gears part
5: well um I kind of did a lot of digital sessions like maybe 15 to 20 or what something.
3: <laughs> <laughs> 15 to 20 how
5: um yeah so my first ever session was a physical session and after that the pandemic started and it, actually it was sovereign 2019 I was a delegate there like I don't know how did I end up there but yeah <laughs> and uh, then the pandemic started and like the io organized the first ever digital session i liked it and i was like okay i'll just continue this because we're not we were not doing anything else as well like this we had online classes but it was boring so like it was an excuse for me to not join the online classes And I joined a couple of times as a delegate, and then I tried different official roles. And yeah, then I had organized Expand Your Universe. And from Expand Your Universe, we had a lot of delegates which were interested, and that they also wanted to head organize, you know, a digital session at least. And so... I remember the first regional one that we organized it was me and Auron and then we those delegates that were interested on the idea we like invited them as organizers to just see how the whole process goes and like what you need to be careful of and like what you need to take care and your responsibilities as a head organizer and then Maida and Dion uh, they were our like delegates and also our organizers they had organized their own session which was you know like from feeling somehow yeah because you see someone that started the yp because of you and because you know like you worked hard to achieve that and to have an impact on someone and seeing that you actually uh had an impact and a positive one of course just makes you feel good and just makes you feel motivated to do good things in life
3: <laughs> so nice.
5: and then uh for me i um Joined Ankara IF as an organizer, uh, where I also met Yoel for the first time. And there, like, one of the reasons that I also joined was just to see how organizing runs in a physical session. Because, like, I had the experience from the digital ones, but from the physical one, not so much. Like, I have to be honest. But it was a very, like, uh, it was a session that I got to experience a lot of stuff and to create an experience based on that. And it helped me a lot for Prizren. Like, you know, I would just see something and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to try this at the session or I'm going to do this during our session and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah.
4: For me personally, during the digital session era, I was not very actively involved. I was only involved in UIP UIP Kosovo sessions because in a way we had to do that as the new board and we were trying to revive the organization and have more activities going on. But for the rest, I was not very, because for me, a digital session doesn't give you the very VIP session feeling. Because for me, UIP has always about been going to a place, meeting new people, hanging out with people that Kosovo. in Kosovo you normally don't get to hang out with. Because like I said, we cannot travel freely and you have a lot of restrictions. So UIP in a way was yeah. a place for you to meet people that come from different countries, countries you would normally not be able to visit. But in a digital session, that's all from a laptop screen. And for me, that was not it. That was not the UIP feeling that it used to be in the past. So I was only involved in VIP, because sessions. a session. So not like some people that had like 30 se- digital session. I was like <laughs> way less <laughs> digital sessions. <laughs> but Oops, yeah, for days. me, physical <laughs> <laughs> physical sessions are the best thing about VIP. And uh, in a digital setting, I just could not fully adapt myself and Now that we had a physical session, I enjoyed it much more. Even though it's so much more tiring to organize a physical session compared to a digital session, uh, when you see all of that in a way coming together before your own eyes and not just in a laptop screen, it all made sense and it all made it all that hard work and all everything like being worth it because you actually see something. But in a digital setting, like it's very tricky for me. I don't. Maybe I'm older a bit and all that, but. I couldn't really enjoy a lot the way I enjoy physical sessions.
3: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: I've heard about now multiple times of this, like uh, Kosovo and travel restrictions, but I guess a lot of our listeners are not going to be familiar with what's the situation there. Could you kind of wrap up what's keeping Dime Bay?
4: Oh yeah. Okay. Like we can travel freely to like, I think less than 10 countries. And that includes our neighboring countries, Turkey and a couple of African countries. So when it comes to Europe, almost everywhere in Europe, we need a visa, which is super fun because you have to wait in line and wait for two hours, three months to get a confirmation and go through all those processes and all that and spend a lot of money. go back and forth to Pristina, all that drama, all that bureaucracy. There's a chance that you're...
5: might get rejected as well (laughs) which is a very high possibility so yeah
3: but how long is that process so let's say let's say there was a session going on in spain that you want to go to um how long in advance would you actually have to start that whole process
4: Uh, when it comes to spain it's very tricky like super tricky because spain does not recognize kosovo as an independent country so if you were to be able to go... To, because Rialdo actually wanted to invite me to the Iberian Forum. And I was like, bro, with all the bureaucracy that might go on, I just, I'm not up for it. And that's why, I, I in a way, I could, never got involved with the Iberian Forum because you might never... Because uh, Spain does not recognize us, you might not be getting something that because they give you like another document that they put the visa there and you have only used that you cannot use your Kosovo passport there and it's very tricky to be able to visit Spain or Greece or Cyprus or Romania Slovakia those are the five countries in the European Union that don't recognize Kosovo so for example even when there is a BNC like I couldn't go Even though I'm the president of VIP Kosovo, Elona has always been the person that goes because she lives in Hungary and she has a visa and all that. For for example, if you go in Kosovo to the German embassy, there is absolutely no way you're going to be able to finish things fast because almost everybody is applying for a German working visa. So the lines are furious and you have to wait there for a long time. So that's why I've never been able to join the VNC like physically. It's very tricky when you are from a small country in the Balkans.
3: yeah and it, it it's something that we don't think of that much but um i i've made it part of one of my trainings that i do where um one of the kind of group work questions people have to go through to try to solve is how many countries are there in the world and then you kind of like split people into different teams and you give them access to the internet at google you know you allow them to do as much research as possible and everyone will come back with a different number <laughs> because it's like well all, From 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 which base are you are you deciding which countries are there, which countries aren't? Are you looking at the ones that are part of the UN, or are you looking at the parts that are recognised by this body or that body? Because every single body recognises a different amount. And then on on that level, you look at it and you think, okay, this is so weird. But then on a practical level, it literally means like if if a country doesn't recognise you, then then, yeah, like you said, like travel and like practicalities, or if yeah, it just becomes an absolute nightmare which is annoying because the other way is so easy Like I remember I was in um I I, I was in Skopje and I wanted to go to Tirana and I thought well you know what I'm actually going to take a little detour and just grab a bus to go through Pristina and say hi a bit and then kind of carry on heading through and for me it was easy I didn't have to think about anything I just got on a bus and I went through and I used that classic like western privilege just to kind of sh- show the passport and, and cruise through and but like that's nice. <laughs> literally. <laughs> but then that that that's just like not the case like for you guys as you're explaining there
5: yeah yeah like i got to kind of experience the privilege for a bit when i got my residence permit <laughs> you know because what i've noticed in the airports within the eu like whenever you have all your documents there's like a whole another line and you don't have to go through 15 security checks and everything but whenever you come from a non-EU country to a EU country like they check everything your bags and your documents they look at you like five times the last time that I went to Berlin for the diversity lab so like i have this tendency to dye my hair every 5 months for some reason i don't know i think it's a phase so at that time my my hair was red and like in the passport i had brown hair and the police officer just looked at me like five times at least you know and he asked me like what are you going to do here and for how long do you plan to stay and what are going where are you going to go after and all those kind of questions so <laughs> yeah
1: yeah so are you privileged Europeans go to Kosovo, they can't come to you? I mean, we
4: have been like part of the idea that we like our country has celebrated the idea that we are finally going to be visa free for like six years now. So every single party that it's in, uh, in the government, they are saying that like, we are super close, we are going to get it done, but it never gets done. And we are constantly living with the
3: consequences. Got my fingers crossed for you. I mean, and the I'm worst thing first. is that I was
4: born in Germany. I could have had a German passport. And my dad was like, no, you don't need a German passport. <laughs> Go back <laughs> to Kosovo. And <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, okay, bro, thank you.
3: The <laughs> best decision ever. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Such
4: a great decision.
3: And I remember in in 2013, I um I guess EUIP taught me a really great lesson that I I never really thought about. I never understood. Um, I was I was VPing a a national session in Belgrade, and my my committee's topic was the common history, uh, common European history book, and I was like, I have no idea. Like, what is this thing? Like, what what do you mean? Like, we we all have history books and. And it was like I I had zero concept or zero understanding of this stuff. And then kind of I, I then had to start to educate myself and t- to dive into that. And then all the realizations of like, holy shit, this is so true every single European country talks about history in a complete different way, erases bits that they do not want their citizens <laughs> to realize. And specifically, like that session itself was uh, was meant to be more of an open Balkan forum where we did have, well, the aim was to have people from all Balkan countries. Um, I think originally there, there were four Kosovo de- delegates, but that didn't happen at the end. But there were... Yeah, there, there were like a, a couple of na- a couple of neighboring countries here or there. But it was just so, so, so interesting to dive into this to actually start to take a look and then realize how certain European countries completely leave out huge bits of history or only tell it in one specific narrative. And then you have somebody growing up with that history. So, for example, I guess well, one easy example for myself is I grew up in the UK and in France, believing that the whole World War Two was re- really fought on the Western side. And that the Russians were just intervening a little bit on the East. But it's like, no, you dive back into the history and you realize, and if you go deeper, then you realize that, like, actually the Ukrainians did the largest war effort out of any (laughs) country out there whatsoever. And yet, like, that's not in our history books whatsoever, because that's not what we celebrate or what we're enticed to believe and stuff. And I guess it's specifically, you know, for for the Balkan region, like this is a, a really, really, really important topic there. And for me, that was just so eye-opening to like dive into this topic and to be there at the same time.
4: I don't believe you can have like a single common Balkan history book <laughs> that would, <laughs> that can never happen. No, no way.
1: Yeah, it's not within the interest of the state to <laughs> tell you the truth on this topic and many others.
3: Because
1: <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. shit gets dark. "Quote unquote." Before before we do get too communistic here, uh, on on the topic of of history books in general, me and Elona had a bit of a chat about this uh, in Ankara, but it would be interesting to kind of get a bit of a recording on. So you had the 2018 session, and then there was a long gap, and also you talk about the old board and the new board, but. What's the kind of history of what um, what happened, happened there with the board change? Because that doesn't sound like just a new election.
4: I mean, so I guess I was more involved with the old board because when I joined the UIP Kosovo, the old board was quite slightly more active, like not so much. I mean, the only reason why Kosovo had the session in 2018, it was because um, the head organizer was actually a really good friend of Rialdo, and she was part of a session that was done in Albania, and she fell in love with the idea to have a session in Kosovo, so she took it upon herself, and uh, there were like two people that were both studying in Tirana at this time, so we're both... Classmates of Raldo, and they kind of took it upon themselves to create a session, but the board had been the same board for like I don't know over ten years. There were no there were no changes made to the board. Like I think the president was the same president. So like just like I was saying, you know, the board was kind of very passive, and in a way like the organization had stopped creating sessions in a way. So then the, after break there was the 2018 session, the one that was organized in Prison. Then again,
1: how, l- I, how long was the break Pip? for the
4: i the think day. before the 2018 one the last one was in 2015 or 16 so like, like a two three-year break and i mean it all happened thanks to uip albania anyway because a lot of customers were actually part of the sessions that took place in uip albania so they got involved more and then they also realized that there is an ip kosovo so the urtay uh, sakabashi and eduard elshani started working to organize the session so then they did organize their session but once again once that session finished it's not like Like there was a lot of activity from the NC. So then we started talking about the idea to have a new board and kind of, because I also think that like the average age of the old board was like close to 30 so it's not very UIP uh. <laughs> so it's not very UIP so now our board is super young like I, I'm the oldest and I'm only 23 so yeah we kind of create the idea that it's a uh, it's a session it's an organization that works with young people but it's also organized and managed by young people and then now we are planning to like grow the organization so this was also the plan of the physical session like our main focus was to have as much as much Kosovo delegates as possible so that like, we could grow the organization from within and have more and more members not because it would only not because it's it's only going to make it easier for future sessions where we now have members and those members can like invite their friends or like share our posts and that but also for new board and people that actually want to be involved more with the organization because we have been receiving dms ever since the session and it like uh, how can we get more involved with the ip how we can we join another vip session like How we can like further our EIP process, and I love that because that was the whole plan of the session, like give the chance to as much as young people from Kosovo as possible to be part of the IP setting, and hopefully we have done that. But hopefully it's gonna be even bigger in the next year when the new board comes in, because we we do plan on having board changes. (laughs) I don't plan to be a president for a long time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
4: <laughs> but yeah that was that is what was going on in Kosovo I actually started talking to the old president so to the president of the old board about the idea that we're gonna have to like continue with the same organization but just change the board but it never came to that so then we went to the governing body and to the international law office and we were like Can we just like start something from the beginning? And they were like, they gave us the green light. And then we went ahead and created the new organization. We got recognized by the governing body and the international office. And then we started having like the digital sessions. And then we did the physical session this year. So in a way, it was also because Elona was there. Because me, I was like going through... I wanted to go through the board, like the board of the old organization, but she decided to go straight to the international office. So that was a blessing because it gave us a direct access to how they thought we should handle it. And they gave us their support, which was very needed because we were a very new NC and we didn't know how to handle all the details and all that. But then with the help of the governing body and the international office... We it made our job much easier, and we were we managed to create the organization from the beginning, and have a new board, and have a new concepts, new ideas, and yeah, I think it's better now. I I hope so. <laughs> I, I cannot say for sure, but I hope it's better now, and I hope that it's gonna continue to get better and better. Like when we have more members, and we can organize uh, physical sessions every year and like um, hopefully we can all, we're also planning to now to apply to become a full member so that's also part of the words for VIP because it was, so that's our next step and hopefully it's all going to go smooth from now on
5: and a funny story for uh on how I got in contact with the IO is that it was the Summer Academy 2020 and it was held digitally and there was this part on the program which was like hanging out with the IO and since I was like a digital baby and like an UIP baby, I didn't know what IO meant. So I was like, okay, like, you know, I'll just join. Why not? And then, as soon as I joined, I saw that on Zoom it was like international office. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and uh, I remember, like, I was the only participant that uh, joined. And then uh, some other people came as well. I- they're like 15 minutes but for 15 minutes it was me and the whole international office and for some reason I was in the middle of my screen like I could see myself in the middle and I was surrounded by the international office and like I was trying to keep it cool (laughs) but at some point I was like uh (laughs) and then they asked me about EYP Kosovo and like what is happening and I said, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, I was very interested in organizing a digital session at least, or like just to reactivate it for a bit. And then they connected me with the governing body, which was uh, Nikola Popovic. And he helped me a lot with the governing stuff when it comes to the network. And then to get in touch with Auron as well. We tried to get in touch with the board, with the old board. At that time but there was no success in it but then without on like thankfully things went on the good side and so then we were like working to find a good solution in that sense that you know UIP kosovo would stay and we wouldn't have we wouldn't have like any legal problems or anything like that but it was better for us let's say to just start the organization from zero so legally in Kosovo, we were established in 2021, 20, and but in like when it comes to the network, uh, we have the authorization to like the legal authorization as well. So it's kind of complicated, but yeah, <laughs> funsies.
4: Funny. There's also a funny story that officially we are not uh, we are not UIP Kosovo in Kosovo. Because the name European Youth Parliament Kosovo was taken, because the organization right. still exists, so we had to get registered uh, in the Euro- in the Kosovo translation of the name. So we are officially Parlamenti Europeani Terre in Kosovo, which. Translated means European youth Parliament Kosovo, but we had to write it in Albanian, so it's Parliament european in kosovo it's not u i p Kosovo officially, so everywhere, like our documents and all that it says Parliament European in Kosovo
1: yeah I'm sure that's the case with a lot of other answers as well,
5: but it's weird because I think it also was handy for us because whenever we went to. Talk to someone about the session and everything and we were like okay we're the european youth parliament and whenever they heard the word european they were like oh my god like (laughs) you can get the sense that they thought that we're very important people (laughs) because it's like european and parliament so like it must be something big
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've heard a couple of these stories of having to kinda of reestablish the NC or UIP organization in a place where already an existing board or an existing NC exists. And for if if you guys have any experiences that would be useful for future people that might find themselves in a similar situation, like was there anything anything that you would want to share with those people?
5: Uh hopefully they won't come in that situation ever. <laughs>
1: It's not a hopeful
4: message <laughs> but i even if they do i hope they just like do what the did like talk directly to the governing body into the international office because when you see that you have a non-responsive board in your own countries and see like give up you cannot change that and just go directly to the governing body because i spent two years trying to convince the old board to like go through a change and have new people coming in it, it never panned out so the way that Alona did it was much better. We went straight to the to the source. We talked to the source, and they, they recognized us. And then from there, it made our lives much easier because we knew how to proceed, and we proceeded in a way that uh, that also worked with the governing body. Like with Nicola, was very helpful. If he ever listens to the podcast, um, we are very grateful, grateful of, of Nicola, of... and we yeah. thank him so so much
5: and uh just want to say that like if hopefully not but if anyone comes across the same problems as we did is that if even i like the whole process will be very draining and tiring and you will feel like you want to give up but like i'm glad i didn't because at one point i was like okay why am i even doing this you know because if it's this hard then why am i like why am i putting myself into this much of a struggle when you know it's like just an organization and you know there's other things in life as well and all that but the sense and the feelings that and the experience that eyp gave me are something that i don't think that i will never ever be able to learn in university or like among other organizations at least so like these might be dark times (laughs) But then when everything just gets cooled down and you start doing sessions and people will be interested and you'll see that some of them are like aiming as much as you do or even more to somehow establish EYP Kosovo even more in that sense of making it even like wider in the network, having more members and all that, you see that the, those people have the same motivation as you. so you know, it just feels good. And just, as I said, even before, it makes you feel motivated to do even better things in life. So yeah, just don't give up. Even it's, even if it sounds very cliche, I know, but still, it's like, there's this one spark at least that makes you keep pushing and, you know, at the end, it just, everything falls into its pieces. So yeah.
4: (laughs) and like from my side it's like even if they find the people that want to establish an NC in a country where there's already an existing NC, it's going to be hard it's going to be tough it's going to take a lot of hard work and all that but in the end uh, like for example our goal was to like create UIP and give the chance to as many youngsters to be part of UIP settings because I believe UIP has been life changing experience for me but I guess for Ilona as well and that was our goal always and then when you all see all of that coming together like you see people coming there and actually making new friends and meeting new people you're like yeah it was very hard and it required a lot of hard work but it all makes sense now because we did this like with the session and when you see all those people coming together because you decided not to give up on the idea that UIP Kosovo should exist and there should be a UIP Kosovo and then you actually see all those people coming together because of UIP Kosovo it makes all the hard work so much easier and it makes so much more sense like when you see all of it coming together. So if you are in that position, don't give up because VIP is worth it. You're gonna make it.
5: <laughs> Yeah and I don't know like whoever is listening or if someone is trying to reestablish their own NC or like for a country that didn't have an NC until now, like if you have any more questions or something, feel free to contact us as well. Like uh, we can provide you with information or even guidelines or I don't know, just share experiences because the best, the good part about EYP is also that there's like a huge network where you can share experiences. And from those experiences, you can get an idea where, you know, you would be like, oh, maybe I can try this or do this or you can adapt. That to your own MC.
4: I think we have uh, aired out a lot of drama today. So that should be fine for you. It
5: that. was
1: barely any drama. I was, <laughs> I was wishing for something more juicy. Uh, I mean,
4: what do you want more drama than me and Elona? We had organized two sessions together, but the first time I met her, I was supposed to like make her go away.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's just like a cute setting. It was like uh, movie scene. It's not yeah. drama. <laughs>
4: I mean, from my side, thank you so much for giving us the chance because, as a new NC, this is very helpful for other people to know that there is an EIP cause of what there and there are people that are trying to revive the organization. So, thank you very much for giving us the chance to talk to you guys. It's very much appreciated.
5: Yeah, I mean, I was trying to think of something that happened during the session. But like the most fun part for me was maybe that we had a the first ever leadership meeting and like a physical setting where all of us were there was at 3 a.m. So that was like a core memory. And I knew that the session would be like chaotic in that sense, in the positive chaos, you know, that, yeah, it would go smoothly and all that. But, you know, since we were having a meeting at 3 a.m., I was like, it's the best thing ever. And I saw that the session was coming for real and like everything that we did for the past years was, you know, you could see the results there. And that's why I hope and from the feedbacks that we got, everyone had like a good time and people got to meet one another and all that. So I'm forever grateful for that but also to you, for Nathan, Joel and uh, Ronaldo as well, since, yeah, like, you're all part of the podcast, thank you for this opportunity, and uh, I'm just grateful for the people that I met in EYP, and, you know, it, I always say this, that it's not just about EYP, but you also get friends outside of EYP that, you know, for whatever reason, or, like, for whatever topic you can discuss, and, you know, that's you find somehow comfort and it's like your second home at least. A huge, huge thank you for everyone that was part of the session, like the whole leadership, extended leadership, officials, the delegates. I don't think that it would have been a good session if it wasn't for them and their efforts in every way. So.
4: Yeah, We are thankful to them to this to believe us and come to Kosovo, because I know not a lot of Europeans are doing that right now. <laughs> so they chose to believe in us and come to Kosovo. And that is very perfect. So thank you to them as well. And to you guys as well for giving us a chance to talk about our experiences.